Today we continue in our survival mode series. We're in this time that seems so unprecedented, at least for us, and things are very different. And you know, I think we even lose the gravity of some of that in that just a few weeks ago, wearing a mask to Walmart or Kroger or Aldi would have seemed very foreign, and now it's becoming, well, almost normal, if you will, even though it still feels a little uncomfortable. Things really have changed, and it's made us feel a little bit stressed out, a little bit like we are in survival mode. It's a bizarre time that we're trying to deal with. And, you know, as we walk through this, there's an important truth that I think we come to that I want us to think about a little bit this morning, and it's this. Stress exposes our weaknesses. Think about that. Stress exposes our weaknesses. It happens even in the physical world. We find out that that's true. You know, if you want to cut glass or a tile, what you do is you score that tile and then you break it and it breaks along that score. It's a way of making it break as you would like it to. And what you've done is you've created a natural weakness in that surface. And then when you apply stress, the weakness is exposed and it breaks just like you want it to. Well, that's happened to us in some ways during this time in that the stress of this time can expose our weaknesses. And maybe that's happened to you. Maybe you found out, you know, when this is all over and stores actually open up, one of the weaknesses that you've had is, well, it's pretty close to the kitchen when you're working in the dining room. And so you're going to have to size up a little bit when that time comes. Or maybe you found that working from home, you're not quite as productive as you'd like to be. Or, or because of all that's going on, you're easily distracted. All kinds of weaknesses might be exposed because of the stress that we're under. Stress exposes weaknesses. But you know, today we're celebrating Mother's Day. And for those who are moms, and my guess is those who are dads, what we found out is that the stress of parenting sometimes can expose our weaknesses as well. What we might find as parents is that we don't handle anger or frustration as well as we would like to, or maybe as well as we thought we could. We find that out. We find out that we're not as patient as we would really like to be. We might find out when our kids at high school that we should have listened a lot more when we were in algebra class in our own high school years. Stress exposes our weaknesses. And that makes us uncomfortable. We don't really like it when people see our weaknesses and when we have to acknowledge our weaknesses. So what do we do with that? During this time of stress and discomfort, or maybe as a part of life itself, when we are uncomfortable and all that stress exposes our weaknesses, what do we do with that? Well, today I want us to continue in this series, as I said, survival mode. And in that series, we've been looking at the letter in the New Testament that we call 1 Peter. This letter was written by an early follower of Jesus, a man who was an apostle, a person sent by Jesus. His name is Peter. He was there for the miracles and all the teaching, and he was an early leader in the church. People looked to him for guidance and for advice on how you live the Christian life and how you lead the church. Well, this letter, 1 Peter, that we find in the New Testament, is all about how do you live the Christian life when you're under stress. When those weaknesses are being exposed, how do you live this life out? And in chapter 2, Peter gives us some help in some of that and helps us understand how we live the Christian life when we're under stress. So, 1 Peter chapter 2 begins with these words. 
Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Now, what's interesting is this, this verse comes in the context of Peter telling these early Christians they need to love one another, what it looks like to love one another. And then he has a list that's like everything that's the opposite. And what strikes me as I read this list is that these are all things that are forms of deceit. You're trying to fool someone into thinking something different about you than really what's in your heart. You're deceiving them. And, and Peter is saying that's the opposite of real love. He wants openness and authenticity in Christian relationships, especially when we're facing a time of difficulty. Then he moves on to verse 2. He says like this, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Now hear what Peter says. You know, what does a hungry baby want more than anything? Well, it's pretty simple. Milk. It's hungry. It needs food. And Peter says, for us as Christians, we should have that same kind of desire for God, for developing a relationship with Him. And, you know, Paul uses this image of spiritual milk sort of in the sense of you need to grow up and eat solid food. That's not the image that Peter uses it for. What he uses it for is this desire for God, for knowing him in a deeper way and growing in our faith in the midst of crisis. Now, why would we have that desire? Well, Peter answers that too. It's right there in verse three. I read it. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. You want more of God because God has been so good to you in the midst of crisis, in the midst of our struggle with our own weaknesses. What we need is to develop a deeper relationship with God because he gives us strength. Then verses 4 and 5. Peter says, as you come to him, this is Jesus, the living stone rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Now, what is Peter saying? He, he's using a little bit of a metaphor, a comparison. And he's saying it's like Jesus is a living stone on which the temple of God is going to be built. He is the cornerstone. He, he sets what the walls are going to be like. He makes everything straight and true. And, and we are like stones that are built on him to form God's house. We are being made into something. God is taking us as imperfect and broken as we are and making us into something that truly matters. And Peter sort of switches back and forth between all kinds of metaphors in just a few verses. Jesus is the stone and then Jesus is sort of the priest that takes us to God. He does all that and then he finishes up in verse 10 with this thought. Once you were not a people. Now that language comes from the Old Testament. When the people sort of started away from God, they were not a people. But now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. God has taken you as imperfect as you are. 
And he has made you into his people, something special. And what strikes me when I read that is a simple truth. You know, when we look in our lives or look in the church, when they looked in their lives or in the church and saw weakness, God responded. Here it is. When we see weakness, God gives strength. When we see weakness, when we look inside ourselves and stress has exposed all the weaknesses that we wish we could hide from everyone around us and we just can't do it, not even ourselves, God gives strength. And that's what God is waiting to do for us in the midst of this time. As we're feeling that stress, or maybe stress as a parent or a worker or a son or a daughter or whatever the stress may be, a wife, a husband, whatever it is in your life, you feel weakness. But God is waiting to give you strength. God is waiting to strengthen you. What does that mean for us? You know, I think we're going through this time and in, in a way, what we're, just, we're just trying to survive. We're just trying to get through it, hoping to get to the other side, to, to what is normal. And the truth is, we don't know when that's going to be. It may be longer than we want. It probably already has been longer than we want. But here's what we know. When all of that reveals and exposes our weaknesses, God gives strength. You know, I think a little bit about the church. Think about this. Right now, it feels like the church, for our church, lots of churches, like we're being hamstrung. Like there's so much that we normally do that we can't do. We are not gathered in this room today. There's no kids in the gym having children's ministry and learning about Jesus. There's not going to be youth group tonight. And all of that feels like so much has been taken from us. We can't have life groups, Bible studies, young at heart. None of that's happening. And it feels like, man, everything's been taken away. But you know what we're finding across the nation is that churches, including our church, are reaching people that they have never reached before. Partly because people are looking for something. Like us, they recognize their weaknesses in a time of stress. And they're looking to God for the answer to that. And so during this time, while it feels like some things have been stripped away, what we find is God is taking us and he's strengthening us in our weakness to do things that we thought we couldn't do. And we're still staying connected to one another. I hear about people calling and, and people are calling to check on me. I'm trying to check in on people and you're probably doing the same thing. And we're connecting with each other in new ways. When we see weakness, God gives strength. And maybe on a personal level, you know, it feels like right now we're so sort of out of our norm, things are not comfortable. Maybe you've got a little more time. Maybe you don't, that's cool, but maybe you've got a little more time right now to read God's Word. All kind of classes online you could take to deepen your walk with God. Ways that you could pray right now that you normally wouldn't be able to do. This may be the perfect time, even though it's unpleasant, even though it's really negative, even though there's a lot of pain in the world right now, for God to give you strength that you don't have. And he's just waiting to do that. So let me encourage you. As you see your weaknesses right now, allow God to strengthen you and to build into you. This is a special time. Again, a time of a lot of pain in the world 
a lot of suffering, and the church can be an answer to so much of that because we love God and we love the people around us and we want to alleviate that suffering. And this is an opportunity for the church, strengthened by God, to reach people we might never reach, to grow in our own faith, to be built into this spiritual house, God's temple, in a way that might never have happened otherwise. Let's allow God to make that happen in us. Let's pray together. God, we're, we're not really thankful that much for this time, but what we are thankful for is that you can take it and use it. And God, we pray that you do that in us. Even though we feel honestly pretty weak, God, we pray for your strength. God, we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.